Yesterday was about winners and losers in free agency. Today, how about some wild cards? Plus, we know that Kevin Durant wants to get traded. Which teams could capitalize as third or fourth teams? And speaking of KD's trade, what will happen with Kyrie Irving? Is he actually going to get moved? We're going to talk about it all right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome back to a Wednesday Locked On NBA show. The show free, available everywhere podcasts exist. You can even watch the show on YouTube to get our wonderful smiling faces telling you five days a week about the NBA. On Wednesdays, I'm one of your regular co-hosts, John Corrales. I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Today's show brought to you by uh, Arcade One Up. <laughs> it's not brought to you by Locked On. We are Locked On. Arcade One Up is partnering with us to give away three, three NBA Jam Shack machines. These are the guys known for me making incredible retro three-quarter scale at-home arcade games like Pac-Man, Golden Tee, and more. Enter to win at arcade1up.com slash lockdown. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash lockdown for your chance to win one. Uh, Jay, I want one of those things so bad. I think I keep t- I keep telling all my listeners that if you win, you need to invite me over and we're about to be best friends. Saying, that's what I'm saying. If you win this thing because of me, I you are legally required to have me over to play and Move in as a roommate and just play the game regularly. And <laughs> yeah, of course. Those, that's how it goes. Yeah. that's Those are the rules. It's in the fine print. You want the game machine? It's got to come with me. That's how it goes. All right. Uh, later on, we're going to do our real or fake. It's going to involve Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant as well. And in the second segment, <laughs> you're laughing because what people didn't see was the half hour we've already spent doing a podcast, basically, yeah. for this podcast. Uh We'll do uh, Kevin Durant, but a, a little slant on the Kevin Durant stuff with not where is he going, but what other teams can cash in as a third or a fourth team in? What teams can maybe make out on this deal? But let's start with kind of like a continuation of yesterday's show. Uh, Tony East and Dave Vermeil did winners and losers in free agency and some of the biggest names left over. Let's continue that sort of theme in segment one here by looking at some of the wild cards. We don't know if they've won or if they've lost. We think that these teams that we're going to talk about are could be good, could be bad, have no clue. So uh, you want to kick us off with one of your, your big wild cards here for this upcoming season? You know, I, I think there's there's a couple out there, right? Of like, are they going to be good? Are they going to be bad? You know, you could almost lead with the, with the Brooklyn Nets of like, what's what's going on I there? Mean, the biggest um, wild card in the NBA right now. <laughs> yeah, but let's like leave them out of it for a second. I think because I don't think that makes a ton of sense to do, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about them a lot. So here's one that I think is kind of interesting. And I lean more to them being bad. But I also look at a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder, maybe finally starting to end their tank to a certain degree. 
you know, they've been tanking for a while and they've had a lot of a lack of NBA lottery luck getting a top two, three, four pick and kind of that blue chip prospect to build around. They now get that in Chet Holmgren, who they zeroed in on the whole time. It gives them that kind of running mate to Shea Gilgis Alexander. And at a certain point, you know, and I think Shea is one of the better two guards in the league. Don't you almost have to start trying to win and trying to be good to just kind of please him to a certain degree and not make it seem like he's kind of wasting his career in OKC, not being on a team that's going to the playoffs, being the best player on a team that is actively trying to tank. And now that they kind of have their blue chip player and they've drafted, you know, they have what? They got three first round picks in this draft. Is this finally when they start to try and kind of turn it around and I think it has more to do with them getting Chet Holmgren in the number two overall pick than it does anything else in free agency or anything like that but it just feels like okay you bond him down enough you got your guy now it's time to start trying to go up yeah I, I mean I think that's a it's an interesting choice there Oklahoma City Thunder because they are in a weird spot right now getting that many picks they are in a, a spot where you've had too many picks to the point where they have to waive Isaiah yeah. Roby. Um, and Isaiah Roby goes to the San Antonio Spurs. You don't see guys getting picked up, up off of waivers like that, but they're starting to have to waive like intriguing young guys who have done, have shown some promise. And now you're starting to be like, well, I almost, I kind of saw this a little bit with the Danny Ainge plan a while back with the Celtics when you had so many picks after that Brooklyn Nets trade. The, the Thunder in that same spot of like, okay, you've made these picks, you've prioritized these picks, but you've got a bunch of guys who are kind of like all in that same sphere of somewhat good. And theoretically, they, you can say, well, yeah, just trade a few of them. But teams are always are also like, why are we going to trade for – we know you're going to have to cut one of these guys, so we'll just wait for you to cut a, a decent player and we'll pick them up. Yeah, they also paid Lou Dort a lot of money, like a yeah. lot of money for kind of a defensive role player. I like him. He's a good player. That was a bit of an overpay on him, I thought. They probably also needed to kind of make him whole after having him on that real bad deal for so long mm -hmm. or a very team-friendly deal. It's like, if you're going to pay Lou Dort that much money, it feels like you should be trying to at least win more basketball games than you've been trying to win in the past. So it feels to me like it's time for them to kind of turn that corner. I also feel like the Lou Dort is, that, is a $15 million contract that you're going to need at the trade deadline to match salaries. So don't be surprised if yeah. Lou Dort is not on the uh, on the uh, Thunder coming up. One of my wild cards is the uh, Portland Trailblazers, who are trying like hell to be good for Damian Lillard. And I just don't know, like, you <laughs> added Jeremy Grant. Okay, you used one of your big trade exceptions to add Grant. You lured uh, Gary Payton away from, from Golden State. You've brought back Anthony Simons. You've brought back Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, you br brought back Josh Hart. You've got some intriguing pieces over here that were okay, but can they be good enough? How's I'm really curious about the Jeremy Grant fit. Um, I'm really curious to see how he and um, Dame fit together. If Dame can stay healthy, he obviously raises the level of the team. Like, if you think they're going to win 35 games, he'll he'll get you to 41. So the Blazers, I just don't know what they can be out west. Can they can they be good? Can can Dame raise their level again and get them to 50 wins in the middle of the pack? Or or is it all going to fall apart again? 
And this last gasp be when they finally say at the deadline, fine, it's not working, trade everybody, rebuild. This this just feels like they're in the same space again, the same place again, right? <laughs> right. Like, it really is. It, Anthony Simons is, is, is CJ McCollum, just younger, right? A, a non-defensive scoring guy in the backcourt that does work well off ball but when he kind of blossomed was when no one of significance was playing for the portland trailblazers right you look at their moves and it's like what's the move that makes them better what's the move that makes them different than they were last year and they don't have that other than drafting shade and sharp at seven but it's not like let's not pretend the rookie's gonna come in and light it up let alone one who hasn't played serious basketball in like two years he didn't play kentucky at all so you you look at their moves signing nurkic right to that bigger deal and he'll be healthy this year and everything but we've seen the limitations from him as a player and he's going to be the same guy so look you can get in the postseason with that team you're going to lose in the first round and <laughs> nothing nothing changes so like you're better than you were last year but that has more to do with health than any of these other moves you do. And, and here's the interesting thing I think about it with them, right? Is Dame is basically like pseudo assistant GM at this point. He's okaying everything and they're running everything by him. And it sounds like from the reporting, he was a big reason why they drafted Shaden Sharp. Like that was the guy he wanted on the team. So if this team fails at the trade deadline, if you're a fringe playoff team, a play in tournament team, you got to look at Dame and be like, this is what you wanted. I don't know. At that point, you almost want to make him like stay there and try and ride it out and help fix it to a certain degree rather than get like a golden parachute, like a CEO of a failing company that's going to get kicked, <laughs> you know, kicked out with like $20 million into a better situation, right? Like that's kind of where it, it seems like they're probably headed. I don't, I don't have much faith in them next season. I mean, I have faith in, in Dame. I just don't have faith in the rest of the, the team. And that, that's, that's just that's how it is. That's how the Portland Trailblazers go. We get time for like rapid fire. Do you have another wild card here? Uh, I'll save it till the very end. You go next, and then I'll jump okay. in right after. Okay. My, mine's a tie between Atlanta and New York. I just feel like they're kind of in the same spot where you've made some additions. I getting Jalen Brunson for New York and ga- getting Dejounte Murray for Atlanta. Both of those moves are like okay. Sure, that's a nice player. It's a nice player. What is – how much better – where does this put you? For the Knicks, theoretically, with Brunson and Randall and Barrett, and you add Hartenstein, like, okay, decent. Bring back Mitchell, okay. Um, Atlanta's making a bunch of moves. I don't know what they're doing. I think both of these teams could be the fifth or sixth seed, or they could be like – at the bottom of the plan. So I like what Atlanta did. I like what Atlanta did a lot. I think the fit between Murray and Young is very real and very there. And the only concern I have is will will Trey Young be willing to give Murray the ball at times and work off ball a little bit more himself? But I think you can figure that out. And that's something that Trey Young will probably come to the re- realization of. Like, yeah, I probably need to do this if I want to not just be a play-in tournament team. So overall, I like what they've done. And they still have that big kind of trade piece, right? There's a trade coming from Atlanta. John yeah, Collins can't thing. stay there anymore, right? Like, you can't keep him there anymore with how much you've said you're trying to trade him. And at a certain <laughs> point, he's just going to be upset. I actually kind of secretly wonder if there's like a trade of John Collins to New York that kind of makes their offseason a little bit better that somehow benefits 
benefits both teams could be kind of interesting. And I think Collins makes sense as like a trade target for the Knicks because there's not really anyone left in free agency, you know, for them to go out and get. But I actually think Atlanta will be good. The Knicks, the Knicks, I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. I, 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 okay. I can buy that a little bit. I think there are too many new moving parts, but the Knicks, the Knicks are either going to be a fourth seed or, or Thibodeau is going to get fired by Christmas. I don't think there's any should be fired anyway. Fire him on Christmas. Do it, James Dolan, you heartless. No, never mind. Uh, your last one Utah Jazz, right? Like, what? is going on with the Utah Jazz. Strange trade. That was one of the funniest yeah. things over the past week, and I enjoyed that so you know, much. If you, if Look, you listen to Windhorse on the podcast from that same day, same energy. that He spent like a lot of time doing, what, what is happening in Utah? Like that's, that's uh, he, a... Yeah. He's loving this. You want to talk about winners oh, and losers from free agency. Brian Windhorse, Windhorse is wins. a huge yeah. winner, like the biggest, yeah. the biggest winner, yeah. winner out there with everything. You know, they're right. Like their grade right now is an incomplete. They had to do something. And I wondered how much you'd really get back in a trade for Rudy Gobert to get that like hall of picks. It is. It's a hall of picks, right? Like that's, that's a big deal. And you've got to do something else because they have like nine guys on the roster or something like that right now. Like they're really kind of retooling things. So they're going to try and get into something more. They've got to do something else. I don't know necessarily what it might be. They could either be completely rebuilding or they could be trying to kind of dramatically turn over and change their roster. And it could go either way right now. So I find that interesting because I have the Utah Jazz in my next segment of teams that could get involved in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. You're right. You're asking what can they do next? I think they can get involved, but not in getting Kevin Durant in, in catching one of the side kind of ancillary pieces. We'll talk about that in a second. First, let's talk about arcade one up who is uh, bringing NBA Jam back. It's my favorite game of all time. The leader in home retro arcade games. Bring that game back with a Shaq edition machine. Hook it to my veins. People are obsessed with NBA Jam, as you can tell. You know how it goes. You can jump clear across the court uh, and set the ball on fire. It's one of the first sports games to ever feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. There are no fouls. There are no free throws. And now, no Quarters compete with friends and family through Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. You can pre-order now from Arcade One Up. That's arcade the number one up.com for an estimated early September ship date. It is the place for fun at Arcade One Up. They've got even more classics you can check out: Golden Team, Mortal Kombat, and others that start at just $399. You want to turn my entire basement into an arcade. They're giving away NBA Jam Shack Edition. To, a, to Locked On NBA listeners. So go enter for a chance to win. You got to hook us up. You got to go to arcade1up.com slash lockdown. That's arcade, the number one up.com slash lockdown. You've got until July 8th. You're running out of time. It's July 6th now. You've got just a couple of days to enter to win NBA Jam Shack Edition. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you playing with? You know who it is. You're inviting me and Jake over. Get to arcade1up.com. All right, thanks for making Lockdown NBA your first listen. How about making uh, one of our podcasts your second listen? 
Jake does uh, lockdown. Love that idea. Yeah, it's a fine show that you do. I do lockdown. <laughs> I, I, I'm proud of the show that I do. Uh, so if there's any of these rumors or any of these teams that are doing something that uh, you find interesting, listen to one of the local podcasts. Make, make, make that your second listen after lockdown NBA. So Kevin Durant wants out of Brooklyn for reasons we will discuss in part in the next segment. <sighs> but so we don't know where he's going to go. We don't know where he's going to go. People talk about Phoenix. People talk about this team. People go to that team. I don't, I don't want to talk about where he might go. The thing that fascinates me the most is if he goes to a team, like Phoenix is the one I'm thinking about because they have cap machinations that need to be uh, figured out. But some of these other teams with the base year compensation guys or the designated thing, the designated uh, rookie contract extension, you're going to need a third or fourth team to come in and make these trades happen. So I want to figure out what teams are out there that can come in and maybe poach a decent player and come away from like, it's like people are fighting over like food and you're going to come in and like steal a slice of pizza while it's, while it's happening, you know? So do you have a, a thought here on one of the teams that might, well, actually, you know what? We just talked about the Utah jazz. Let's start with, let's just start with that. The reason I think Utah can get involved is they've got a $9.7 million trade exception that is uh, good till February 9th. So they've got all season long. If the KD stuff keeps dragging, I don't think Utah is going to get involved there. But I think they're in an interesting spot, like you said. I think they're basically sending a message to Donovan Mitchell. Danny Ainge, in my estimation, is treating Donovan Mitchell a little bit like he had Paul Pierce in Boston, where you're saying, okay, we're doing these things. The, the guys you were close with on the team, they're out. Rudy Gobert's out too. Your coach, he's gone. It's just you. And we're not, we're not going, we're not writing things by you anymore. So how are you going to react? Are you going to ask out? No problem. Right now, Danny Ainge has plausible deniability. He can say, like, I'm not trying to trade Donovan Mitchell, but doing all of the things that could force Donovan Mitchell to make a decision. You're going to ask out or are you going to buy in? You're going to stick around here and be part of the solution. So if he wants to stick around, I think Utah can use this $9.7 million to swoop in and get one of these mid-level or lower-level contracts that need to be shipped out to make some of the money work but not have to give anything up, and they can start adding complementary pieces to Donovan Mitchell. That's an interesting one, and I hadn't thought of them in that sense right you could see them being in some sort of three-team trade where you know they they're not they're, Durant's not going there right I don't think they want to deal with Kyrie Irving or anything like that but you could potentially kind of get in and snap up a contract and you know be some sort of facilitator and kind of looking at the teams with those big trade exceptions that makes a lot of sense to kind of be one of the main places to kind of look because and we'll talk about it, right? We'll talk about it in a second here. I have no idea how you make the money work on some of these Kevin Durant trades and things like that. Like they are so unbelievably complicated. You need those type of little things to really come in and really help. So I can see Utah doing it. They have the assets to also, if they need to include a first round pick in something to get a good guy to absorb him into that. Ain't no problem there right now yeah. with with, with what got they've got. Right? 
they got enough that they'd be happy to give up a protected one or something along those lines to get a good enough player because they're not trying to bottom out, right? Like some of the other teams I'm looking at that would help with this would be a team like the Orlando Magic who still has some cap space or even more importantly, maybe Indiana who has a bunch of cap space and might have even more if they managed to move a guy like Miles Turner and or Buddy Heald. And I think that could be on the table for them. They're the team I see being kind of number one, right? Like renting out your cap space essentially. Yeah, indeed. It's all those teams. This is the Thunder move. This is what the Sixers did during the process era Sixers. You rent out your cap space for a future first round pick. You know, you don't want to pay this guy money at all. Cool. I'll take him. We got the room. We got to hit the salary floor anyway, but you got to give us something for it. And I think they're the team that kind of makes the most sense. Like the only reason I see them not being involved in something like this or not being a part of this is because hiring Rick Carlisle made no sense to me for a team that definitely needs to rebuild. And he doesn't want to go and do something like that. But they're the team that makes the most sense. They're they're in a great position right now to actually kind of accelerate a rebuild, I think, by using that cap space, not on free agents, but on being a facilitator in one of these trades. Yep. And I think one of the the other thing is like they can they can they not only have cap space, they also have a $10 million uh, traded player exception. So they can use all of their cap space to rent out and then use $10 million more. They yeah. have enough. If Phoenix says, oh, geez, we need to move somebody Indy, Let's say they rent out all their cap space to somebody trying to make, you know, make a splash. They could be, they could be big time facilitators that way and still say, Hey, we can take Jay, Car- Jay Crowder. He fits. Jay Crowder is a guy that they, they could absolutely. Um, and he expires. So you, they could create even more space by renting out the space, like you said, and using that TPE to create another expiring contract. They could really open up some big, big money. Um, and they have tradable pieces, right? Like it, it kind of goes back to what we're saying about John Collins, right? Like how long has Miles Turner been in trade rumors and talks, right? Like yeah. at a certain point, either he's going to stay there for life or you've actually just got to trade him and you can't keep including him in everything. That's a guy that makes sense to either of those teams, right? Like if DeAndre Ayton goes to the Nets, maybe it's Miles Turner and Kevin Durant somehow go to the Phoenix Suns to kind of give them a little bit more depth there and not just kind of gut their whole roster for the guy. And And that creates, you know, they need picks for Miles Turner, probably not as many as they're hoping for. Otherwise, he would have been traded by now. But you kind of get the general idea of what that could start to look like and what in the role that they would play. Um, Another team that I'm looking at, same same idea. You you looked for cap space. I looked for TPEs. Yeah. Um, And the L.A. Clippers are a team that I think is positioned to swoop in. They've got an $8.25 million traded player exception that expires on July 18th. So they've got only a a 13, 12 days to use that. And then they've got a $9.7 million one that is good until mid February, February uh, 10th. So, and we know Steve Ballmer will spend whatever it takes. It does not care about money. Does not care. Even if the 10, if if a $9 million guy comes free, um, and it costs them $30 million. I mean, if that's going to be the missing piece that finally gets the Clippers over the hump, I would see, I would expect the Clippers to be sniffing around as a third or fourth team. Um, they have, they have the same type of, uh, TPE that Utah does. And also, you know, Portland with, with all of the stuff we just talked about them, they've got, they've got one for $6.5 million 
that makes them interesting. And I'm, you know, just I'm going to throw a Boston reference in there because I can't help throwing Boston reference. You have Boston to, yeah, it's required. Seventeen million dollars. They have a seventeen million dollar from the Evan Fournier deal that um, is is uh, left over, so they can um, they have it, they have it until July 18th as well. So those are all teams that I think could be sniffing around the periphery of a deal. Yeah, that makes sense. Like those are the, those are the main spots to look. TPEs and cap space. It's you know the TPE stuff is interesting because I used to think those were pretty overrated. You know, you you rarely saw those used as you know very often, and usually they were just kind of smaller. And now you're really seeing those become like a very big and kind of important thing for teams to have. You know, the Pelicans got one in the Stephen Adams trade with the Memphis Grizzlies in the offseason, and they used that to also get Larry Nance Jr. in that trade for CJ McCollum. So it's those are really useful things to have that let you pull off kind of complicated trades and get players you would think you wouldn't normally be able to get, and it doesn't quite work in terms of salary. So I've become a kind of a believer in the power of TPEs now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, they're they're created they're created all the time and they almost always expire. But a lot of these teams have created big enough ones where there are there are some intriguing possibilities. They're teams that you say, oh, they, they don't have cap space. They still have ways to be involved. So wherever Kevin Durant goes is you know that that could be part of reshaping three or four franchises. All right, up next, yeah. the Kyrie Irving offshoot of this. Um, and we're going to play a little game. It's it's a little nuts, man. It's a little Let's nuts. Let's go. Let, yeah. We're going to play a little game of real or fake with the Kyrie Irving thing because I, I don't know if he if he's going to get moved. Oh, what a mess in Brooklyn. Let's talk about – let's first talk about Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs and – Sports information, where will Kyrie go? Where will KD go? You can bet on that kind of stuff. Will Donovan Mitchell get traded? All that kind of stuff is on betonline.net. Plus, obviously, whatever is in season, Major League Baseball, whatever fights, MMA, boxing, uh, whatever golf is out there, WNBA is out there, eSports is out there, live betting on these games is out there. You can check it for scores. You can check it for news. You can check it for podcasts. BetOnline.net is the best spot for all of that stuff. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports. Check in on the odds. Throw some money down if you are so inclined. You can do it very easily at BetOnline.net. So head over to the website. Use your mobile device if you are if you want to uh, do that and learn more about the trends and the actions and the action bet online is where the game starts we just ask you to please gamble responsibly all right jake let's let's get to the Kyrie stuff and it's coming from sham sharania <laughs> who uh appeared on something i forget what it was but said quote sham says there's no traction of any type of a lakers deal for Kyrie irving there's nothing new on that, and I'm not quite sure we're going to see that take place. So all of the talk has been, when it comes to Kyrie Irving, forcing his way to Los Angeles so he can play with LeBron again. He's making amends, Jake. He's trying to say, oh, I'm sorry, LeBron. I knew this was going to be tough. I didn't, realize it was, I didn't realize how tough you had it. Yeah, this started, I was in the locker room in Boston when he first said, I called LeBron and told him, I didn't, you know, 
I understand how hard it is to lead a team or something. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So that continues. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. The Westbrook for Kyrie thing. So let's, let's just play our game of real or fake. Real or fake, Jake. Kyrie Irving is going to get traded anywhere this season. It is so fake. It's so fake. It's so fake. Look, I'll expand this, but I'll keep it with Kyrie to start. I don't think either Durant or Kyrie Irving gets traded, which probably means tomorrow Kevin Durant's going to get traded because you and I did this before (laughs) with um, Kawhi Leonard, where we literally did a show of like, yeah, Greg Popovich can definitely salvage the relationship and like, 6 a.m. the next day, our podcast was like worthless at that at that point because he'd been traded. But I, I think it's very fake. So here's the thing, right? If you wanted to go to the Lakers, he could have. He had to be a leader, though, right? That's what he did. Right. He wanted to be different and he accepted his player option instead of just signing at their taxpayer mid-level exception for $6 million. If he wanted this, could have happened. But if you're the Lakers, if you're any team around the league and you look at what Kyrie has done this past year, the past two years, past five years, since he's been in Cleveland, do you do you want any part of that on a dude who's on an expiring contract? If he was under contract for four more years like Kevin Durant, you can talk me into that because you have team control. But you're going to have to give up something for Kyrie. And then who knows what he is going to do during the season for a guy that, look, maybe basketball isn't his passion. And I don't think all of these players actually need the NBA to be like their passion, right? It can be a job. I have no problem with that mm-hmm. whatsoever. But he's made it very clear that, like, maybe he doesn't even want it to be his job, you know, and then he's going to be a free agent. So you're going to have to commit more money to him or he might leave and go somewhere else. And who knows what he's thinking? All of that. If I were running a team, I it's like risk aversion, right? Like I would just there's so much risk there and so little upside to me seeing what he does that I would have no interest in trading him. You know what? Would they trade a guy like Russell Westbrook on an expiring deal for him? Like, yeah, I'd do something like that. But if you can't even get that trade done, good luck getting like (laughs) anything real for him. Like that's, that's kind of the bigger thing. And then, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. Like, that's why I say it's fake. I don't think either get traded because I don't see how you even trade Kevin Durant for like what you want, but that we can talk about that in a second here. It's, yeah. Yeah. Like, look, I, I agree with you, man. I, I actually think that it's, it's at this point, if you're Brooklyn, you just have to accept, you know what? It's over. It's over. Everything has blown up. Kevin Durant wants out reportedly from uh, Howard Beck. If people don't know to know why Howard Beck had a, a, a piece that might've gotten lost in the frenzy of uh, July 1st, but it's that uh, Durant was upset apparently at how Kyrie Irving was treated by, by Brooklyn. So it's not even that he was upset at, at, at Kyrie and, and the fact that everything fell apart. It's that he didn't think that Brooklyn treated him appropriately. So that to me is a huge, huge red flag. Now I'm looking at, now I'm looking at Durant and I'm saying, that's your takeaway. That's your take. <laughs> yeah, right. Like when you tell somebody news and they take something out of it that's like not important and that's their big reaction, you're like, that's not how your brain is supposed to work. That's so I don't want to trade for Durant right now. I don't want to trade for Kyrie right now. And you're exactly right. It's because of the return on investment. What Kyrie is at this point to me untradeable. 
completely untradeable. The Nets should just pay him to sit at home. You're going to have to just deal with it or challenge him to show up and say, you got to show up and see if he sits out and then maybe you can get away with not paying him. But they need to just say, you're not going anywhere and you're not coming onto this court. We're done with you. Go figure yourself out later. You can go do whatever. Um, and I, I don't think that I hear all of these other podcasts talking about, well, the, the Nets are going to want this and that, and they should be asking New Orleans for Zion, and they should be asking Phoenix for Devin Booker. Well, that ain't like, happening now. Yeah, like, I mean, I get, I get why you're saying that, but, like, also Kevin Durant is 34. He has had major injuries. I understand that he's still Kevin Durant, but don't talk to me like Kevin Durant is in his prime. He is not. And if you didn't notice, he just got swept. He just got shut down as the primary option in the first round of the playoffs. So he doesn't have that next level anymore. His that that super high level that's up there, it's still higher, a higher level than most. But if you're asking him to do everything on his own again, he's gonna run out of gas again. He's he's not quite who he used to be. And that window with Kevin Durant is a couple of years, but it's not six years. It's not five years. It's not the length of a full max contract. It's not even the length of his entire contract. You're not looking at the end of that fourth year and saying, yeah, but when he's 38, we're going to be in, you know, competing for a title. You're hoping that you win a title next season and then it's worth paying him. But like, I still think there's a significant risk in trading for for Durant that this doesn't work. So, okay, a couple of things. First and foremost, which team swept the, the Nets in the first round? I forget. Um, they wore green. Uh, oh, yeah, the Boston Celtics. Tulane, right? That's that's who did it. They went green. They swept that team. Um, sorry, I had to throw that one in there. So I think, okay, first, first things first here. I think you're overrating the decline of Kevin Durant just a little bit yet 34 he's older but this is also like a top 15 guy of all time probably and one of the most of skilled offensive players totally. like we've ever seen top five so like, of all I, time maybe even top 10 whatever yeah Absolutely. and you look at his numbers last year they were really really good even at that age is he 27 year old Kevin Durant 28 year old Kevin Durant no but that dude who he is is still really good so I've seen some people try and say like Brandon Ingram's better than Kevin Durant and as a guy who loves Brandon Ingram hmm. like no he's not we need to dial some of this back a little bit here so I think some of the Kevin Durant hate has gone beyond kind of the off-court stuff right which I think is very fair to the on-court stuff and it's like you guys don't realize like how special this dude is it's I think what's what's going on here with the Nets is also really due to ownership and Joe Sot, right? Like, it seems like he's just fed up with these two and is like, cool, I'll trade you. And his work ethic just doesn't seem to really fit or maybe identify with kind of like at times entitled millionaire athletes, you know? And so there's been that reporting of, you know, he'd rather win 43 games and get swept in the first round with a team that he's proud of than potentially win a title with these guys. And I think there's something to be said for that. And he just doesn't want to like deal with this anymore because the obvious move, if you cannot find a suitor for Kyrie Irving is, well, 
run it back and just try and make it work and see what happens, mm -hmm. right? You know, you still have to add Ben Simmons to the mix. And despite his flaws and his issues, he's a damn good basketball player. And it seems like he would fit in well with those two guys in terms of on-court stuff. And then Kevin Durant's under contract for four years. And when you try and make deals, right, in, even in the trade machine, you, dear listener, right, how hard is it to actually kind of find a deal that works for Kevin Durant with the type of return the Nets want into a team mm -hmm. that Kevin Durant wants to play for, right? Zion's out of the mix. I don't think New Orleans is including Brandon Ingram in that. Devin Booker's not on the table. I think the Toronto package is a little overrated if they're not including Scotty Barnes, right? And it makes it really tough to try and find some sort of trait. And Kevin Durant should probably, with four years left on his contract, require the greatest return in NBA history on a trade, right? Like this is Herschel Walker-esque for all the older folks listening to the show who get that reference. That's kind of what this needs to be, and I just don't see a team doing that for the most I, part. Go ahead. No, I, I disagree that that should be the haul. I mean, that should, that should oh, be fair enough. I disagree. I, I mean, I think that Brooklyn might want to ask for that, but I don't, I don't care what his numbers were last year necessarily – I care that he's 34, uh, a wing player who's had not too distant, multiple catastrophic injuries and is has had a ton of miles put on his legs in the past yes. two years. I think that there is a significant risk of putting your team in jeopardy over the next three, four years, five years, six years. How are you? If you're training out every other year, um, picks and then pick swaps in the middle and tying up five years of your future development for a crack at one championship, then you say, okay, Hey, you win the championship. And that's but that. No, that's not good enough for me. Like, unless you're, unless you're the Sacramento Kings or you're a team that's like never been there and, or, or but like some of these good teams, I, I don't see them saying, yeah, we're going to mortgage this much of our future to do it. I, I have, I have, I have a greater fear of what the next four years of Kevin Durant are going to be. That's just it. I, and is not a, a lick of disrespect to who he's been. I just have a significant fear of what he's going to be for the next four years. I think it's fair. Like, I think it's fair. This is something that Pelicans fans are like going through hard right now. About half are like, yeah, it's Kevin freaking Durant. You trade for him. The other half is like, I'm not going to give a Perb Jones, Trey Murphy, and Dyson Daniels the eight pick plus like six first round picks, including Lakers and Bucks picks to go and get this guy because we want to kind of build for a 10 year runway versus say a three year runway. I just think those three years with him are still really good. Like, look at his numbers last year, man. 29.9 points per game, 6.4 assists, which was a career high for him 7.4 rebounds 38 percent from three and 52 percent from the field like those are insane numbers he's still really 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 good the injury stuff is definitely there like he's had some significant ones that really make you worried some of the foot injuries he's had i think he's passed those for the most part but yeah like i get it it just it's maybe it comes down to like how much how like how go for broke do you want to do it right you know, and I think it does make sense maybe for a team like, say, the Sacramento Kings to kind of go all in for this because, well, they're the Kings. And this is just kind of like who they've been, right? And it's it's this, maybe it's like they actually have young guys that are good now, but I don't trust that team. So maybe a team that you don't trust takes a bigger kind of gamble on it. How many games did he play for Brooklyn last year? 55. I just had it up. Yeah, 55. 55. 
And then he still played 37 minutes a game and they had to play him all of those minutes. He played 55 minutes, um, 55 games, and he still played more than 2000 minutes for the season. <laughs> okay. And that's because the only chance they had to, to climb back into the playoffs was by riding him as hard as they've ridden him. Any team has ridden him. Um, that 37 minutes per game is the highest since OKC when he was 25, where he played 38 minutes a game, 38 and a half. So that at 33, he's going to be 34 next year. That's where I have my problem. And yeah, he shot 38% from three, but he's he's hit for higher in the pat. Like I just feel like these numbers, his his overall field goal percentage, 52% is is lower than it's been. Yeah, historically fair. you know like his let's see i'm i'm, I'm just his two point percentage um like I, I just i feel like his i'm not saying that he's in decline right now i just feel like the way things are trending he i'm i'm a, i'm just i'm afraid the decline will be sudden and noticeable like like just catastrophic yeah, okay. You know, I, no, I, I, I don't think that's wrong. I don't think that's a wrong thing to say, to be honest. This this whole segment was supposed to be about Kyrie. That's it's how little people want to thing, Kyrie. Yeah. It's so that's how much people don't <laughs> want to bother with Kyrie. You start to talk about Kyrie, and, and all anybody just always goes to Kevin Durant because no one wants to deal with Kyrie. None. None. Who wants to that's trade why, for Kyrie? Fake. Zero teams. It's fake. He gets traded. Fake. Zero teams want Kyrie Irving. Zero. Nobody wants to trade for that guy. Let me circle it back around. We can wrap it up on this one, right? Like, so if it's real or fake, like he gets traded, like, no, I think it's fake. I think he stays. And that means I think the Nets need to just run it back and like hope and pray you can kind of make this right. Or you win a title this year and then you blow it up because who cares at that point you got your NBA championship and it doesn't matter anymore. Because if you can't, right? Like you can't, if you can't trade, the part of the reason he wants to leave is because, well, Kyrie's his good friend and he's like, ah, you guys treated it wrong. Try and make amends. See if you can fix it, right? Like clearly he doesn't have a problem playing with Kyrie if that's the case. I, these two guys are, are really, these guys, the two, the two, two of the most sensitive basketball players I've ever seen. Um, they just, it, it blows my mind. Two guys were this good, but Kyrie is like he'll he'll try to tell everybody how good he is like he's trying to convince himself and you know KD for all I know is going to you know hear this because everything anybody ever says about him gets back to him somehow and he's going to respond to everything everybody ever says about him which is his prerogative but also it's amazing to see a player care this much about the discussion about him it's just wild i i'm I don't know. I'm, I, <laughs> I, I I understand that whoever whoever has him this next season will be a much better team because of it. That is a fact. They will be considered yeah, one of the championship favorites because of him. That is a fact. I don't know how he's going to be at the end of the season. And I don't know how he's going to be beyond this season. And that's why, yeah, I'll trade for him. But I'm not giving you that Herschel Walker deal. I'm not giving you what they Minnesota gave up for Rudy Gobert. If, if if Brooklyn's sitting there saying like, oh well, the market has been dictated, Rudy Gobert. You know, if you if if you're if they're getting four unprotected picks, if you include that pick swap, then they're going to say, well, that's what we want. 
And as a, a GM of another team, you're like, well, it's not my fault that Minnesota made a bad deal. No. <laughs> noted noted Rudy Gobert lover John Corrales here thinks he I should mean, be traded for more than Kevin Durant. Um, <laughs> we'll just leave it on there. We'll just leave it there. We'll just wrap it up right there. Um, what a wild, what a wild summer. All right, let's, let's finish this up. Let's just say goodbye and say thanks, everybody, for listening and watching the uh, Lockdown NBA podcast. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Watch the show on YouTube. On Wednesdays, I'm one of your co-hosts, John Corrales. You can find me over at the Lockdown Celtics podcast and on Twitter, John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. Spread the word. Share the podcast. Tell your friends. Tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown NBA podcast. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.